Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, what would Terry Fontenot do? Now, from the outside, it looks like it's been a bumpy ride for Trey Young this week, but what does it look like from the inside? And last but not least, and for the culture, Marcus Mariota has found himself in good company. We'll talk about all that next right here in ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day 1s is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. How about you do that? Go ahead and do, get some money for a good old for the weekend. How about this, T? The thing that, you know, everybody's been talking about, everybody's been pontificating on, that Lamar Jackson is somehow going to end up in a Falcons uniform. <laughs> and, you know, uh, from this show standpoint, we, we've talked about, like, what that would cost. And, and I know for me, I haven't been, you know, that big on what the cost would be. But I know you saying, hey, you at least have to be, you know, at least have to inquire and kind of see what's going on and get a feel for what they're looking for. Now we just learned that the reports are – Mm-hmm. That Lamar Jackson has rebutted all of the offers for the Ravens with fully guaranteed contracts to the tune of $250 million. So, which is more than what Deshaun Watson has gotten at 230 But T, it's not necessarily whether or not we would want to do that deal. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not Terry Fontenot would be willing to give up the necessary draft capital to get Lamar Jackson along with the money right I don't think he will be nor do I think he should be now do I think there needs to be conversation absolutely because sometimes you have a situation where like you said five years 250 million dollars is what Lamar Jackson turned down with the Ravens but sometimes when you want to get gone another team maybe that's what he wanted a package exactly so that's what he right that's what he turned down according to sources with 133 mil guarantee because exactly because he wanted the full full but here's the thing sometimes just the reset and the restart could be something that gets you excited to maybe move on that's why i still think it's something to where terry fontenot should as we said inquire and jarvis let's just be honest once Lamar Jackson signs, wherever he signs, if it's not here, the questions will continue to loom from the fan base and others. Did the Falcons at least even throw their ring, their hats in the ring or try it? That's all I'm saying they should do. I don't see any scenario that can be put together where he is in a Falcons uniform. I just don't see it because I simply think that there are still, even with a lot of moves that have been made so far, uh, even last season with some prove-it deals that actually came to fruition that are positive that I think some of those players will be uh, retained, like a Rashawn Evans, just as an example. Indeed. But I think there are some players like that who the Falcons already have. But let's be honest, Jarvis, there are just way too many holes still left to be filled for that much stock to be put in even what we all know is the most important position on the football field. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, when you look at what Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith have done, like they've gone through necessary steps. They've gone through the process and mm-hmm. taking, you know, even even though Deshaun Watson wasn't part of that process, I wholeheartedly right. believe that that was Arthur Blank's doing. And he sure. was like, hey, let's go ahead and make this happen. Yeah. So after the, the, the Deshaun Watson debacle, they've been – taking those necessary steps. And I think they're going to continue on that because at the end of the day, you want to be a long-term success. Of course, you want to be good in the short term. Don't get me wrong. However, and you can, there's ways you can do that to mm-hmm. be good in the short term by giving out those one-year contracts and getting guys in that can, that can fill in the necessary gaps to field mm-hmm. a, a competitive team. Right. And, and all in all, and I just don't think that Terry Fontenot would be willing to Let's just say the the Ravens do the non-exclusive tag, right? Mm-hmm. So that means you got to give up two first-round picks to get them, and you got to come on in with at least, I believe, two hundred and thirty million dollars guarantee, or at least yes. somewhere in that neighborhood between mm-hmm. two hundred and two thirty, because that's what right. Deshaun Watson has. And the thing of it is, you just gave the minimum because right, exactly. that would be the minimum, the minimum for those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we think about the fact that we're giving baseline for draft picks and baseline for guaranteed money, think about what else that will look like as negotiations begin to heat up. And especially if it becomes the chess match that it was with Deshaun Watson for those get last four teams. There it is. Yeah. That's when I think you can rest assured. And I also think you make a great point about Arthur Blank and where he was last year in getting into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, seeing how that played out. Now you have four games. I know it's still a small sample size, but four games under Desmond Ritter and and an NFL combine that's coming up next week so that you can see where some of those quarterbacks might land because who knows, some of them may fall at six, seven, or even eight and may make you scratch your head and say, okay, well, I didn't know C.J. Stroud might be available. I'm shocked, but he is. That's a whole different conversation. So there's still some things that are in play that could make it a wise choice to, yes, put your name in the hat so that you can say you did, but to actually not pull the trigger because you're smarter than that. Because like you said, they are building a front. Fontenot and Smith are trying to build a franchise and build a legacy, and it can't just be put all into a bucket that's that deep. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times when you find yourself getting into a, a conversation that might be a little bit too rich for you, mm-hmm. it's easy to go ahead and just quietly back on out and say, hey, we are believing our young guy and we're going to build around him and try to win the Super Bowl. That route. How about yes. that? That sounds yeah. good. But speaking of being in play, T, how about this? The Atlanta Braves. They're about to get yeah. ready to play against the Boston Red Sox uh, tomorrow. And Kobe Allen's going to be on the mound. They just traded. He was the guy that they drafted back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And they figured out a way to get him back into the fold. So, hey, yes. you know, those we absolutely understand that it's about to get ready to go down tomorrow. But with that being said, the Braves getting ready to take on the field, T. Like, what are you looking for? Like, who who, who are you going to have your eyes on? Who are you going to be paying attention to? We've had a lot of conversations about yeah. – you know, position battles and who's going to take this this spot or who's going to be mm-hmm. in the rotation. But yep. what's the main thing now that games are actually about to get ready to get played? What's the main thing you're going to be t- uh, looking at? And I think you just put the nail on the head. I think I want to see where Ozzy Albies is. I yeah. mean, I'm excited to see him come back and kind of see where he is based on where we saw him for just a few moments late last season before he went out again and then was sidelined for the rest of the season. So that's one that I'm excited about for him returning 
at second base, but also to see what kind of impact, what kind of chemistry, what kind of interaction he might have with Vaughn Grissom at shortstop. And of yeah. course, also I have my eyes out on left field because I want to see what kind of left shark situation is going on <laughs> out there. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and if come on, guys, you know, you know that Super Bowl where left shark was doing his own thing. I'm gonna reference that forever for the rest of yes. my life. I, don't, I can't wait. Just yeah, keep the coming. The Braves with it. left field is left shark to me. So yes, I just want to see what left shark is going to do. So those will be uh, the position battle at shortstop based on also what's going on at second base with Ozzy and then what's going on in left field, whether that be we see Eddie Rosario, Marcel Zuna, or whoever the heck we see out there. I just want to see what, what's what. Yeah, and I think we've talked about on the show how I, we feel like Ozzy is, is a guy that can be the catalyst for this team getting back into that World Series yeah. because – when he's rocking and rolling, it is mm-hmm. things just go so well in this lineup uh, for yes. the Atlanta Braves. For me, I think it's it's Ian Anderson. Like I'm really yeah. liking what I'm hearing coming out of Northport for um, down in Northport because you know he's been working on his third pitch. You know, mm-hmm. trying to get that slider going. Matt Olson and Michael Harris they were victims of it. And 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 yes. the uh, yes. not one on ones. I'm up here thinking about football, but you know but uh, no, when they, yeah, they were going against each other yes. uh, yeah. uh, in practice. So mm-hmm. and ever and a lot of people are encouraged by you know him getting that third pitch so he can kind of use the fastball and yes. the change up as strike pitches, strikeout pitches. You know, you know, we know how important out pitches are when you're trying to get guys off the plate. So and, and with you know um um with the injury to Michael Soroka mm-hmm. and, and and Kyle Wright having the shoulder issues and being delayed a little bit, I think Ian Anderson is gonna be a very important factor as to, you know. Being that guy, making sure he's being the guy that we've known him to be. You know, mm-hmm. the Braves winning seven out of eight postseason appearances when he was on the mound. So that's the guy I'm looking forward to him getting back to. And I think adding that third pitch is going to be definitely uh, a benefit for not only him, but for the Atlanta Braves as well. And I'm also interested in seeing, because this will be our first opportunity potentially to see Sean Murphy. Uh, as catcher. So to your point about Ian Anderson and Colby Allard and just that entire pitching staff, this will be a great opportunity for us to kind of see how Sean Murphy begins to to work with the staff. Absolutely. And and we want an opportunity for you to win some money. How about that? How can I do that, Jarvis? Why your 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 voice so high pitched? Right. <laughs> you can go to fandude.com. <laughs> go to fandude.com slash locked on and you know check out what they got going on for all you lucky listeners and viewers. Here's what it is: it's a no sweat first bet where you get up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. How about that? So if you lose your pants betting on uh, Trey Young not hitting two threes to my, uh, tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Shoot, you can get that money back. You know, you can get, they'll work something out for you. All you got to do is download the app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, And uh, also, FanDuel even lets you combine your best for a chance to, for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. That's a SGP, baby, for all the cool kids out there. So what you need to do is don't miss your chance to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, depending on who you talk to, Jarvis, Quinn Snyder may be a no sweat bet. He may not be. Just kind of depends. <laughs> but we know it seems like each and every day we're getting a little bit more of a nugget about Quinn Snyder. And according to multiple reports, 
the Hawks, Quinn Snyder, their talks are heating up with formal discussions for him taking over as head coach. But what I liked about one of the more recent ones that I saw, one of the more, more recent reports was that of a report from Sham Sharania of The Athletic, mm -hmm. who said that not just is he that top candidate, if you will, but one of the major factors in why Snyder's the top candidate for head coach for the Hawks is because of his ability to change the culture, to be a culture starter, and enha or enhance the culture that's there. The key component within that, holding players accountable from Trey Young and down. So here was my thought. I like where he was going with that. Also mm -hmm. took a look at some feedback, just kind of rewound my head back to 2022, right? And yeah. Donovan Mitchell had high regard and high praise for Quinn Snyder on his departure from the Jazz after eight years. And of course, that's part of the reason that we'll be seeing Spider tonight in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform. That said, Indeed. the only thing I would say is this. Right now, where Donovan Mitchell was during his entire eight years with the Jazz, for the most part, and where Trey Young is now for his four years with the Hawks, are a bit of night and day in that Trey Young yeah. has really had a bumpy week with a burgeoning reputation as a quote-unquote coach killer. Now, whether that's deserved or not, Jarvis, yeah. that's kind of in the eye of the beholder. But is a reputation like that that's been building, and actually I'll take it back to even the Lloyd Pierce days if we're being honest, is that reputation that's building going to keep Snyder or even other candidates away from ultimately taking over for the Hawks? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. Here's why. Because I, I think that when you talking about what the definition of a coach killer is, is you always talking about, you know, spats behind the scenes and, you know, outwardly, you know, we, we saw some of those things, you know, come up, come to play with Nate McMillan. And, and, you know, and of course, you being very close to the situation and, and the people that you talk to and being uh, working with the Hawks is that, you know, that understand that there were some spats that people didn't necessarily know about. So I, I if I'm a I'm not I'm not I don't want to use the word coach killer. Mm -hmm. But when I say that, given the status of Trey Young and being the superstar in the face of this team, I can say he was a part of. Nate McMillan not being part of this organization anymore. But when we talk, like, let's rewind back a little bit since we rewinded today. Lloyd Pierce came into this situation with all wrong, essentially, because there were, he had a young core group of guys and nobody liked him. Nobody liked Lloyd Pierce in that locker room. It was not just Trey Young. Now, granted, obviously with his status – of course, if people going to understand or want to know how he feels about him, and everybody knew that they didn't necessarily get down like that because, mm -hmm. you know, Lloyd came in with the, the old school mentality, but it's hard to come in with that mentality when you didn't ever play in the NBA. You know, that's, 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 that's the first thing. Not saying you have to, to be able to play in the NBA to be a good head coach in the NBA, but when, I'm, when you, you have to humble yourself at, at some point, and, when, and come into that situation was like, okay, guys, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I want to do. And you come in there trying to rule with that iron fist, man, with a whole bunch of young players that looking at you like, okay, why should I listen to you? That's when you get into that situation where you're going to lose your job if you don't produce. And that's exactly what happened with, with Lloyd. And, but Nate, though, I really think that, you know, Trey had some, a part to do with it. And I said to you saying, hey, fire this dude. But, hey, with a guy who's – well respected around the league, we 
we found that out with the All Star, the coaches voting on the All Star weekend, you know, for the reserves, and 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 you have a guy who played in the NBA and who was a really good player in the NBA as well. That's when you start to say, hey, if you don't get right with this next coach, whoever it is, whosoever it is, you are going to get that label where you wanted to get it or not. Yeah, yeah, and that could not bode well for him as far as Trey's long-term tenure here in Atlanta. So that's definitely something to watch, but I agree with you. If, and here's the thing too, as you're kind of laying the foundation of where Lloyd was, where Nate was and where Quinn Snyder could be, Quinn Snyder is a veteran, right? So Quinn Snyder spent eight seasons, six of which took him to the postseason in Utah with a young core of players like a Rudy Gobert and a Donovan Mitchell. So he had the opportunity to kind of see how to tweak what he was doing to be effective to the players that he had. And again, going back to what Spider said and how he felt for Quinn on his departure, I think that says a lot. I think that's very positive. And if the Hawks believe that Quinn Snyder can actually come in and be a culture starter or change the culture and has the ability to hold players accountable, then I I would say that his record would also speak for that because he's Mm -hmm. had young players that kind of fell in line and at least continue to improve and evolve to a higher level. So I agree with you. I think there could be some possibility there with Trey, but I also think that he literally has to be as open as the expectation is for others to be open, because I think you're absolutely right. It seems like with Lloyd, there was just too much of that, too much. And and that friction just came to a head and there was nobody in that locker room who was willing to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's give LP a chance. Locker room was always all pretty much like, yeah, we're done here. With Nate, it was a slow burn. Like I think they were all in favor to keep him almost until they weren't. And it just became a situation like, we don't really know how to fix this, right? So if that's part of the problem, that's part of the problem. But speaking of that, I thought this was interesting as well, and we'll get into it in a second, about where the players kind of landed with their thoughts on what their accountability is. Before, But before we get to that, I've got a question for you on a couple of other coaches as it relates to the candidate pool for the Hawks head coach. And before we get to that, just want to remind you guys that if this saga with the Hawks is still stressing you out, don't stress Jarvis out. Don't stress me out. It intrigues us. But if it stresses you out, get yourself a built bar. That's probably the best way to go about it because it's 100% real chocolate. You get your protein and that protein kicks in so quickly that it gives you this amazing burst of energy with what 17 grams of protein now so that bar has gotten even healthier than when we first started telling you guys about it and only 130 grams of fat so that's a cool thing and also it's a beautiful day so if you want to go out to walmart or sam's club and pick up the built bar in bulk you can do that you can even pick from different flavors almond and churro and just really cool flavors so that's one way to do it or if you just want to sit in your house while it's a beautiful day in the A, you could also still get built bars at built.com. So don't forget if it's a stressful situation for you, try to figure out if the Hogs are going to get it done in the last 23 games of the season, if they're going to get it done as a franchise and organization with Quinn Snyder, get a built bar, try to figure it all out. Hawks are still trying to figure it out at the helm if it's not Quinn Snyder. What if it is Charles Lee, Kenny Atkinson? Those are the coaches' names 
Jarvis that seemed to be in the top three consistently over this last week. But here's the thought I had. With Charles Lee being a part of Mike, uh, Mike Budenholzer's organization with the Bucks, and we know how Coach Bud parted ways with the Hawks, do you think somewhere in there that might cause some challenge? Like, is Charles Lee a legit candidate because of the fact that he's tied to a guy who had a not-so-good parting of the ways with the Hawks just a couple of years ago? Ooh, uh, I don't think so. Um, I, I look, I look at it. I look at it like this, you know. You know, Travis Slank is no longer here, right? Like he's sitting somewhere, probably don't even have an office anymore at State Farm, in, in, in Atlanta uh, Hawks facility, right? True. I, I look at it from a standpoint of he's going to be. Those guys are in there because of the familiarity with you know ownership, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and I think that. Well, Landry Fields has probably looked at that candidate pool like, okay, here's who I like, here's who, who I would be interested in talking to, mm-hmm. and 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 I don't think that the Mike Budenholzer regime is going to really have an effect on it because those guys are their own men at the end of the day. Yeah, sure. they were on this on this on that coaching staff, and it was a damn good one. <laughs> when you look at look at who yes. all became head coaches and, and had some, some had some success mm-hmm. with Quinn sure. Snyder being that 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 top guy. Out of that, out of that pool, so I'm not surprised that Quinn Snyder yeah. is the top guy, and mm-hmm. I'm not surprised those guys are being mentioned as candidates because, hey, you know those they've they've gone on to do pretty well, and the coach mm-hmm. Bud culture tree is pretty solid, and I think those yeah. guys are going to sit up and say, you know what, y'all did my boy wrong, so I ain't going to necessarily, you know, consider this position. Nah, it ain't right. working like that. Quinn Snyder wants to get back into the into the game and I think that the Hawks are trying to move as fast as they possibly can to get him in the fold. Yeah. And when you look at the fact that Mike Budenholzer has moved on to have success in the way of an NBA championship, a lot of times time heals all wounds. So if there's any trepidation by a Charles Lee to join the staff because of what coach Bud might say, I'm sure they've already had some conversation. Otherwise he wouldn't be in the mix. Right. Same thing for Kenny Atkinson. If there was anything that, any buzz coming from Travis Link saying, no, don't do it. Reconsider. He would probably <laughs> have taken himself, right? Exactly. <laughs> Read some literature on this subject. He Indeed. probably would have said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm good here in, in, the, uh, in the Bay Area. And, and we move on. But yeah, those guys, I think, are still viable candidates. And hey, look, if the three of them are that interested in the Hawks and the Hawks are interested in them, I think that can be nothing but favorable. Now, what may not be favorable, depending on the direction you come from, is Trey Young. He was not at practice for two days in a row. Now, it was excused Thursday for personal reasons. But when you think about it from two perspectives, Jarvis, real quick, optics, as well as possible team chemistry, do you think that that will have any lingering effect on the last 23 games? Or do you think that from an optics perspective, who cares? Because the Hawks need to focus on the internal. And it appears that from yesterday's pressers with multiple players, they are focused on, hey, I'm not over here trying to lay blame at the feet of just Trey Young. I know what I have to do to write this ship. Yeah, um, that was very. it was a very consistent message. And, and I think that a lot of the backlash that people who are calling this out mm-hmm. is is is, is, is kind of unfair because yes. of what I just mentioned and what you just laid out. Like, all of the players were consistent in saying what? You know, we have to be accountable. We have to be able to do what we're supposed to do, and it's not all on Nate. Yes. And to be honest with you, Trey could have came out and said the same doggone thing, T, mm-hmm. and I would have been cool with it. He can even yes. leave out the part – 
and Nate ain't got nothing to do with it. You can just say, hey, you know, we all we all have to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And as the well, he ain't got to add that. That might be asking a little bit too much. <laughs> I was gonna say, as the leader of this team, no, nope. you ain't got to add, add all of that. You said, just say, hey, we all have to be held accountable, and, and, and you know, and going forward, I'm trying to get us back into a contention for the playoffs, and keep it simple. And you can say that, repeat, rinse and repeat every time. It's just a matter of we're hearing a message from the team, and we're not hearing from you, and that's the problem. That's the issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can you can bow out once you doggone say what you have to say and, and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But to kind of the the optics of it is that you're ducking the media. And it's not it's not that big of a deal for you to be ducking. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah. And this is one of those things where you do have to think about it from Trey Young's perspective. And granted, we don't know what the personal reasons are. It could be something very, very serious for all we know. But we're talking about, to your point, optics here. That's the most important piece because you begin to think about how that could have an impact for the future and how that could have an impact as far. And when I say future, it could be everything from endorsements for Trey Young and how that may impact him because of how he's perceived by the public or that could be low key that although the players were taking accountability individually, they were still saying, but where is he? He didn't have to take I mean, accountability, at least not on a microphone. So you just have to be careful because again, you're not just talking about to your point, these last 23 games of the season, but you are also talking about potentially how that continues to linger as you try to, as Sham Sharani pointed out, try to establish a different culture. So it'll be interesting to see, but we'll find out tonight when they take on the Cavs for this first game after the All-Star break of this first game after the departure of Nate McMillan. And of course, you have the another intriguing matchup against the Nets on Sunday. So big weekend for the Hawks to make a splash if they really want to try to make a run in these final 23 games. Absolutely. And Joe Prunty has a task on his hands. That's for sure. (laughs) Locked on Sports Atlanta family. How about this? We're on our way to 6,000 subscribers. We need you to be a part of that. If you haven't done so yet, I need you to go to YouTube. Type in Locked on Sports Atlanta. And when you see that subscribe button, hit that bad boy. Also, when you see that little bitty old bell right there, right beside it, hit that bad boy as well so you can know when this heat is going to drop so you don't have to be waiting around trying to figure out what time is coming you know we don't want you to be out here bad like that you know we want you to get this goodness that we are passing out on a daily basis but t this is for the culture it is the intersection between sports entertainment the culture and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show today is no different how about this t marcus Mariota has found himself in the in the presence of greatness how do you say that, Jarvis? So I went low that time. <laughs> so we got high and low uh, listeners love checking us out today. Um, Patrick Mahomes is, is, is part of a documentary. Kirk Cousins is part of a doc- documentary. And like I mentioned before, Marcus Mariota is part of a, a quarterback documentary that is uh, Patrick Mahomes' um, production company is a part of, and they partner with uh, Omaha Productions. We all know Peyton Manning. Figuring out a way to get that bread, and he's doing it again. It's going to drop on Netflix this summer, T. But the interesting thing about it is, is that they had the cameras on these guys throughout the at their homes and and, and throughout you know and um, consistently mic'd up throughout the entire season. Now, now you know. 
I'm the type of person, I'm a little petty, so I want to see how that thing changed out right right before the bye weekend yes. and how they continue that bad boy. And uh, I would love to see Marcus Mariota sitting there watching the game, talking junk about Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but oh my goodness, T, I don't think the uh, Omaha Productions and uh, Patrick Mahomes production company didn't, didn't see the, they didn't see this coming. And yeah. I think that if they have that, oh my goodness, that is going to be musty TV for me. And what was the rationale for them having him in that mix? I'm being petty. Okay, so. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that I, I'm says, sure everybody asked that question. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Because when I first read about this story, I thought, okay, Patrick Mahomes, that isn't obvious because not just yeah. for what he does on the field, but he's a cool dude. Like, yeah, I wouldn't indeed. mind seeing kind of what goes on the ins and outs of his world. And Kirk Cousins is quirky. So I wouldn't mind seeing him as well because. Sometimes we just don't know what to make of him. I don't still to this day see how Marcus Mariota got in that mix, but whatever. I too <laughs> will go and stay on the petty train and say, I really, really want to see we are right around. Team. Yes, we are petty train. See the consistent message there? Petty, petty, petty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing on a Friday. On Absolutely. It's a petty yeah. Friday. <laughs> I want to see where the camera was right around week 13, 14, when mysteriously Marcus Mariota goes on IR. Oh, man. Help me to make that make sense. Tell you. Maybe oh, you can make so it make sense if I can see <laughs> some of the yes. inner workings of what was going on at that time. I promise you, that is the only reason I would ch chime in for or, or tune in for his episode or for his segment or what have wow. you. Everybody yeah. else, I mean, like I said, Kirk Cousins is quirky. I'd probably tap him for a second. Patrick Mahomes I like a lot, and so I'd be interested to see who he was off the field. But the intriguing one? And come on now, Dirty Bird Nation, you know you want to know. Well, yeah. What, what kids? We made all these assumptions oh. toward the end of the year. But yeah, and even better, Jarvis, <laughs> do we get to see, like, did they follow the entire season or – that's, I mean, from, from what they said, what they said I, they had them mic'd up for the entire that's season. What I thought. And, so, yeah, so, where are you mic'd hey, up? I mean, yeah. where, where are you at? Are you mic'd up at in Alpharetta, Roswell, Flowery, Ranch, Razzleton? I mean, where are you mic'd up from like about week 13 to week 18 because you were mic'd up at Flowery Branch? Sure, one at the, at the, uh, at the facility. Yeah, so, I just need show. to know where you were mic'd up and what in the Sam heck were you talking about when you walked away? from this team because unless we see otherwise it still feels like to the whole world you just kind of tapped out yeah yeah <laughs> we wouldn't do that to you all here at atl day no. ones we want to tap on on y'all that's why no. we're here every day for y'all and that's why you're coming back on monday to see what we what these hawks talking about or what the braves are talking about yeah. let's get some good news on a good monday so make sure you guys come back check us out we'll be downloading on all of that and also you know we thank you guys for making atl day once your first listener today and remember make sure that you make locked on sports today your second listen of the day that is can be found wherever you download this podcast wherever you down subscribe to on youtube they on youtube as well so yeah Go and make sure you check those guys out. And last but not least, before we get out of here, I ask you one thing each and every day. Um, today is not going to be any different. How about this, guys? Make sure that you show love, share love, and most importantly, spread love. <laughs>